0: Welcome to another session of the Daily Bible Study, and we're looking at some new subjects this week. I want us to talk about questions that we really need to answer if we're going to be an all-out believer for Jesus Christ. And the first question is one that Jesus asked. He said, what are you doing more than others? Let me read the whole passage. It's uh, Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 43. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, love your enemies, I mean, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I think what Jesus is asking in this passage, if we are a believer in Jesus, is it making a real difference in the way we relate to other people and the way that we live our lives? Could it be that we would just be living this way, even if we were not a believer? I think Jesus was indicating that our lives should be different. If we're his followers, what do you do more than others, he says. And it's not what do you know more than others, or what do you profess more than others, or even what do you believe more than others, but what do you do more than others. And our very life should be different, Jesus is saying. He's teaching us how to live. And, and in these chapters of what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he, he gives us all kinds of directions and indications about how our lives should go. And it's not easy. We can't do it. Only Christ can do it as we allow him to live through us. But let's look at some of the things that he says here in this passage I read. First, there's a notable contrast. The world's view is expressed in verse 43, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, this is not what the Old Testament De- decreed that they said that's what it was, but the Old Testament didn't, dis- didn't say this. This is what the scribes and the Pharisees had altered the Old Testament to say. They made a neighbor out of their own race, and everyone else was an enemy to be hated. See, it's easy to change God's truth around, to pervert it, to twist it, to make it fit our situation and our lives. But if we're going to be an all-out believer, we can't do that. We have to take the truth for what it is. Jesus' teaching is in direct contrast to this. He said, love your neighbor, yes, but also love your enemy. The law of love is introduced. We're to love God, and we're to love other people. This means friend, neighbor, enemy. No limit can be placed on our love. It has to be for everyone, Jesus will accept no reason for hating anyone, whoever they are or whatever they've done. The word love here is agape. It's the supernatural kind of love, the kind of love that's unconditional that God has for us, the kind of love that loves in spite of, not just because of, the kind of love that can't be bought, can't be paid for, can't be earned, can't be performed for, and you see, it's the kind of love that is expressed in the story of the Good Samaritan who was walking down the road to Jericho and saw the man who had been beaten up by thieves. It's a love for for the unknown. He didn't know this guy. It's a love for the unattractive. Certainly the guy beaten and bloody was not attractive. It's a love for the unprofitable. He had nothing to gain by helping the man. And his love for the unfriendly, they were they were really enemies as far as that day was concerned. So we're to love those that we don't like, that love those that hurt us, love those who are hateful, love those who are mean, love those who are good, love those who are bad. So that's what Jesus is saying here. And he's, it's like the little poem. He drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, and a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit, wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. That's what we're to do as believers. We're to draw circles that include people. We're to bless those who curse us and not to curse back. We are to do good to those who hate us. And this is talked about all through Scripture. And we're to pray especially for those who do things against us. There's a song, an old song that says, you can talk about me all you please, but I'll talk about you when I get on my knees. And I think when we pray for people, it's amazing how we come to have a new understanding of who they are and what they are and why they are what they are. And it makes a real difference when we pray for a person, and ask God's power to forgive. But also, there's not only a contrast here, there's a revealing conclusion. He really is saying in these verses, this is proof that you are children of God. He said, if you love your enemies, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He's not saying that because you love your enemies, you're a believer, a child of God. But he said, it's because you are a child of God that you love your enemies, And that does reveal the truth that you belong to the Lord. It is proof of our sonship. It shows that God's our Father, that we're like the God who brought us into a relationship with himself and that he is the one who is working in our lives. To return evil for evil is natural. To return evil for good is devilish, but to return good for evil, that's divine. You see, only God can do that, and we can only do it by God's power. That's why he says he sends his rain on the just or the unjust. He makes his sun to shine on the evil people and the good people. God loved the world, and that's why he gave his son. You see, the perfect friend is one who knows the worst about you and loves you just the same. There's only one who loves you like that, and Jesus is his name. And that's the truth. We say we do, but it's really difficult for us as humans to love people that way. But God's treatment of others does not depend on what they do or what they are. He just loves everybody. It's also the proof of us, superior righteousness. You see, this is a righteousness the Bible says in the Sermon on the Mount that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. The scribes and Pharisees had a performing righteousness. They performed before people. The bigger the crowd, the better they performed. They did their good deeds to be seen. They did their acts of kindness to be known. But down in their hearts, Jesus said they were like a tomb full of rottenness and death. And so he says, even even tax collectors who were considered in that day about the worst sinners because they cheated their own people. But he said, as despised as tax collectors are, they love their own people. They love their own family. They love other tax collectors. Even thieves are faithful and friendly to each other. Non-Christians can do that. So that's the question: What do we do more than others? So if we profess to be believers, the world expects us to be better, and expects us to be different. And the question is: Are we? Are we any better at holding our tongue? Are controlling our temper? Are we less selfish or proud? Do we evidence more love than those without Christ? If Christ reigns in our hearts, then we should. We'll pick this up and continue it tomorrow. I hope you'll be with me. God bless you. Have a great day.